everybody. This is Nathan from Doctors of Running. Welcome to a Doctors of Running podcast shakeout episode. I am here with Michael Marksberry. Um, he is the CEO and fa- co-founder of Oros, and I'm really excited to get to talk to him, to learn a little bit about him myself, because this is our first time meeting, and we're just going to have a conversation about the things that he's been up to and also some stuff that I've been able to test out. And we're going to use this shakeout episode just to explore their industry and kind of what he's doing in the footwear space and beyond. So, and I think and beyond might be an appropriate kind of term to to use with you. So thanks for joining the the shakeout episode, Michael. Nathan, my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's just start, kind of tell me a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you know, what is Oros and what did it look like to found that? What's your background? Yeah. Uh, so I'm Michael Marksberry. Uh, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Oros, as you said, uh, and we're a material technology company. Um, we create the most advanced thermal materials on the planet. Uh, and that's what we did with, with Merrill, uh, and in the footwear you tested and excited to talk more, more about it. Yeah. Awesome. So how did you get into kind of this material science world and developing thermal footwear? What does thermal footwear mean? What does that kind of materials mean and what's that look like? Yeah. So when I was in college, um, my sophomore year, uh, I backpacked across Europe. Amazing experience. One really big problem. Got to the top of the mountain that uh, I was climbing um, in Switzerland. And I looked like the Michelin man. Uh, (laughs) And I remember thinking like, there's gotta be, this doesn't make sense. There's gotta be a better way to cut the bulk, cut the layers, still stay warm. Um, Came back to the U S was talking to a friend now co-founder of Oros, uh, Rithvik Vena about this experience. And he and I are both science geeks. So we're like, you know, pretty excited to see like if we could find a solution to this problem we had where I looked like the bitch on the top of the mountain. So we started diving into insulation um, and looking at insulation across pretty much every industry from rocket ablatives to uh, home building insulation, whatever, just to try to find a solution to the Michelin man problem. Um, (laughs) I like that coin term. The Michelin man problem. Totally. it's <laughs> great. No, it, yeah. it, it, because it was the experience. And yeah, um, uh, we found out something pretty interesting. We found out that we weren't the only ones struggling with insulation. It turned out it was a pretty ubiquitous problem. Like, for example, uh, in the cold chain packaging industry, when we transport medication, uh, we throw out or waste $35 billion of temperature-sensitive medication a year just due to failings in temperature control in the supply chain. Oh, wow. Yeah, thermal problem that shouldn't exist. And then you, yep. you look at energy consumption and you see that 50% of the world's energy consumption, literally trillions of dollars a year, goes simply to producing heat, namely for buildings and shelters. Incredibly energy inefficient. Um, energy storage for batteries or uh, uh, immense defense uh, and government applications. The the list kind of goes on and on. And so Rith and I kind of took from this two things. One, we weren't able to find a solution to our Michelin man problem, um, but more so we found out, hey, the problem's 
kind of a lot bigger than apparel. The problem really is insulation. So um, we became obsessed with finding a solution. I then got super lucky. I got a scholarship um, created by the Mercury 7 astronauts called the Astronaut Scholarship. And through that scholarship, learned about this technology that NASA was using to insulate spacecraft uh, called aerogel. And NASA said, hey, this aerogel thing is the lowest thermal conductive solid in existence. Oh, and we're using it to insulate things in space where it's pretty cold. Um, And so Rith and I are like, well, hold on, wait a minute. We just spent the last couple months looking for a solution. And you're saying this material is the lowest thermal conductive solid in existence. So it's the best insulation on Earth. You're using it in space where it can get down to negative 450 degrees Fahrenheit. Like, what are we missing here? Like, how come this isn't used ubiquitously across like every application on Earth? Like, certainly would solve all the problems that we found in all these markets. Um, and um, that, in essence, is what started Oros um, and kind of our, our founding story. And so Oros really is a conduit for insulation and which could be applied to any of these industries that's kind of obviously your your spark was for apparel and kind of this in, to to be able to hike on the top of mountains <laughs> without getting cold or without having to be the michelin man but what you're working on really is something that you want to be able to be used in multiple different spaces is that am i am i interpreting that right nathan you nailed it our vision is to completely transform thermal materials that's what we're after yeah so our our audience, a lot of them are science geeks. Yes, most are in the like footwear science and running science kind of stuff. But can, knowing that you have that kind of an audience uh, listening, can you go into what a thermoconductive solid means um, a little bit more and kind of help us understand that kind of term and some examples maybe? Yeah. Um, so... Um, conduction is um, one of the three modes of heat transfer. You've got conduction, convection, and radiation. Um, and on Earth, you don't have to worry about radiation a whole lot um, for most applications. Um, so it's namely like conduction and convection. Um, and um, aerogel, the with conduction, you want... as little as physically possible. It's like golf. The lower the score, the better. Um, Because it means that there's less heat transfer uh, the lower the conduction score. So a really low thermal conductive material has really, really, really great insulation and vice versa. Highly conductive material has really terrible insulation. Um, And so when NASA says, hey, this is the lowest thermal conductive solid in existence, it means, oh my gosh, this this is a really great insulator. Um, and the cool thing about really low conduction is like when you look at like goose down or traditional insulations, especially like in the apparel world and the consumer goods world, um, they all require airspace loft bulk, uh, to work, right? That's why you like your Michelin man jacket. So puffy, um, and, right. um, when you compress that insulation, you lose all that airspace, so you actually lose a lot of your thermal performance when it's compressed. Same thing like in a footbed in a shoe, right? Like if you're standing on your footbed, you're actually compressing that footbed and losing some of the thermal performance due to that the nature of loft. Um, uh, well, that's not true with aerogel, uh, thereby not true with, with our tech of solar core. So 
in a footbed, for example, like the Merrill boot, when you're standing on it and compressing it, you're actually not losing any thermal performance like you would in a traditional um, uh, footbed or, or, or garment that's super bulky and the like. Yeah, that's actually super helpful. So like if you were to take an ice cube and put an ice cube against one material for 10 seconds and then put it against another material for 10 seconds, the one that's less cold is the more thermoconductive or the le- the less thermoconductive solid and you want as low as possible. So you want the least amount of heat transfer um, between the materials as possible. And so you the this the solar ge- solar gel, I might just make sure that I'm getting that very close solar core. Or sorry. I mixed them. <laughs> no, yeah. All good. Yeah, aerogel. Totally. It's solar core. Very Aerogel, close. solar core is the technology. So what did they say when you when you learned about um about this technology and you were curious about why is this not being used? What were some of the barriers to more widespread use and how did you kind of tackle that question? Yeah. So there were two really big barriers with aerogel. Um and the, the, the most apparent, um, Rith and I bought our first samples of aerogel right after, right after we learned about it. Um, and I remember we were sitting in an organic chemistry class and opened up this packet of aerogel and put it in our hands and it shattered into a thousand little pieces. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, so so fragile, in, incredibly fragile, like yeah. to the point that you really couldn't use it in in a whole lot of application. Um, and so, prop barrier number one was, hey, how do you take this amazing insulation and just make it not brittle, so you could use it in whatever application you want? Um, uh, and the second big challenge beyond the brittleness was the cost. Um, aerogels were normally exorbitantly expensive and so that was a much bigger problem around hey how do you think about manufacturing um of aerogels in a methodology that allows you to reduce the cost um that one's probably a, a much bigger story for another time but on the on the brittleness side um we started looking at you know where we got our own inspiration we, we, here we just climbed this mountain um, and so we started looking at the outdoors industry and something really interesting popped up. You looked at like the, uh, wetsuits, uh, where you're using neoprene for insulation to, uh, footbeds where you're using a closed cell foam, sometimes open cell, but foam for insulation. And you look at like the squishy cooler that your mom packed for you when you were a kid. <laughs> yep. It's all foam. And so Riff and I are like, well, hold on, wait a minute. What if you just took aerogel particles and combined it with foam? You get the flexibility and the durability of the foam. You get the insulation of the aerogel. You can create this composite that has the best thermal performance while not having any of the brittleness challenges that come with aerogel. And it turned out that it it worked. Um, and so that's cool. Uh, fortunate enough to get it patented and, and, and whatnot. And so that was Gen 1 tech, and, and that's what's um, uh, in the in, in the Merrill boot. And that's kind of how we solved that barrier of brittleness. Yep. Oh, that's super exciting. So I, I, I'm also, I'm always just curious. So like 
the is it your brain that was able to like conceptualize those things was it your partner's brain was it some like how did you come up with the idea like where did you learn about materials um was it through your studies or was it through like just experience and your own ex- exploration like how'd you guys do this yeah so we um there are people way smarter on on this earth than than Rith and me um, like hands, hands down. And a lot of them are on the team today. Like we're fortunate to work with a, a mm. really incredible team, um, that runs circles around us. I think, you know, one of the core values at Oros is have grit. Um, and it, it even gets back to the name Oros. Oros is ancient Greek for mountain. It's a it's symbolism for the challenge and the sacrifice that comes with reaching the peak, um, and a core value that Rith and I both share. And being science geeks, for us, grits a lot about like a science experiment. Like you have a hypothesis, you test it, and either you're right or you're wrong. More often than not, you're wrong. And you just take that experience, and now you know something new about your hypothesis. So you got to tweak your hypothesis so that you can try again. Um, and having grits, having the ability to run those tests over and over and over and over again, um, until you have a right hypothesis. And so I guess the way that this whole thing started out is we had a problem. We were on this mountain and looked like the Michelin man. And then we needed to find a solution. And we looked at a bunch of solutions in the market and couldn't find one. And then found aerogel. I was like, oh, well, this could work. But then there was another problem because it was brittle. So then we had to, you know, run a bunch of science experiments to figure out how to make it not brittle. A bunch didn't work. And then the foam thing did. And then it was, well, does anyone want to buy it? And so then we ran a bunch of science, you know, so it's just, you're just running a science experiment. Um, Right. Over and over and over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I question when you when you change the properties from whatever type of material aerogel is in the first place into a foam, do do the thermoconductive properties change at all? Is there is there any diminishing of that? You know how amazing it was on that in that one form. Does that change somewhat when you go to the foam? Like, what kind of translation are you looking at with um, thermoconductive property? Oh, hundred percent. Like, you know. It, it, when you have pure aerogel, it's going to have the best thermal performance, um, sort of like a vacuum or something like that. And so when you combine it with another material like foam, that combination is not going to be as good thermally performing as pure aerogel. However, it'll be drastically better than you know traditional insulation. Um, and so what we had to figure out is, okay, what volume fraction of aerogel is right for this foam material and yada, 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 yada. Um, So, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So I think this is a, for the last couple of minutes, I want to shift towards where this where you're going to be able to find solar core, the foam foam product of aerogel, where you're going to find this. And I think what's funny, we found out just before we recorded that 
I actually got to try out the product before you even have been able to try out the product, which feels like a crime. I don't think that should have been the case. Um, so I'm sorry that it is. It's also negative 24 degrees wind chill where I am this morning. So you know what? Maybe I do need it a little bit. But um, tell me, can you can you just talk a little bit about where people are going to see the, where they're going to see solar core how it's incorporated into this product and and we can kind of go from there but where are people going to see this yeah uh, well, i'm super jealous uh you were able to test the merrill thermo rogue boot uh in advance of me um it's an awesome looking boot we're super excited um and we are insulating uh uh this collection uh of merrill boots with solar tech uh, um, they did, Merrill did a bunch of really incredible testing with third party labs, like prior to us partnering and we're really pleased with the results of the performance of solar core. Uh, uh, so we're super excited to be partnering with them. Uh, and I believe it comes out in fall 2023. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard too. So we're super, super excited. Um, um, uh, and Merrill's been a great partner for us and um, excited about the future. That's great. And in terms of where you find the solar core, is it all just in the footbed or does it also wrap through the upper of that boot? Is it, or, or is it just underneath your foot or does it wrap over the top? How is it incorporated into the boot? So that one's just in the footbed. Uh, with some of our partners, we do footbeds and uppers, um, like toe guard type deals um, rather than uppers. Uh, Long term, there's a really awesome opportunity for uppers. Uh, next time I'm on the the podcast we'll talk more about that but um with the merrill boot we're we're in the footbed that's great it's it's been it's been enjoyable for me to test it out and um i mostly i'm using it for sledding with my kids actually um and it's nice to have something that feels a little bit lighter weight that still is keeping me keeping me warm is it working for you through these winter months and i it is, yeah. It's a it's a really comfortable boot. It's pretty. It's flexible too, in a in a way that I'm not used to. So, I, I guess quick story is I went. I got to go to. So I'm in Wisconsin. So I'm a Packer fan, and I went to the um, the final regular season game, which was if the Packers win, they make the playoffs. Yada yada. It was pretty cool. It's also in January, which means it's cold, and they played the Lions, and we lost. So that's the end of the story. Spoiler, but. I, what I did is I usually wear these, you know, huge boots that are for snowmobiling. I'm not a snowmobiler, but my father-in-law is. So he gave me this, these boots that are for snowmobiling. And yes, they're warm. They also weigh like, honestly, they're probably five to six pounds per boot. And so um, I don't think I'm exaggerating at the five to six pounds. It's like a, it's a slog. And so I think that um, on that day, it was like low twenties and you're sitting outside for like three hours. My feet were, were feeling pretty good. And then I had a very similar experience using these boots, not just sitting, but being outside and walking in very similar temperatures. And, and I didn't have any, any issues in terms of, of cold, uh, for my feet. And so having something that much lighter that, that worked, um, I thought it was, I thought it was working really well and it's comfortable and, and fits well. So it, it's fun to have it in my, my arsenal of cold weather gear for sure. Um, and, and it's been fun to, to test it out, and I, but I still feel bad that I got it before you. Don't I'm, I'm so. excited and that's a heck of a review. So that's really cool to hear. Yeah, uh, cool. uh, and yeah, Wisconsin also has, um, some amazing snowmobilers story for another time, but, um, 
Uh, last time I went snowmobiling, oh, yeah. we went with some some people from Wisconsin, and um, they kicked my butt. Uh, it was amazing how much better they were. <laughs> um, so that's cool. Awesome. Well, I want to. Is there anything else you want to share with everybody before we kind of sign things off? Uh, no, it's been a pleasure. Um, and, uh, really excited about what you're doing here on this podcast and, um, uh, really excited to be on and, and appreciative. So Great. thank you, Nathan. Yeah. Thank you for joining. And just as a reminder, um, if you're wanting to check out anything that we are doing, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to find out more about Oros, you can go to their, do you guys have a website that, that people could check out to learn more about what you're doing? Uh, so we launched a apparel brand as like a fun, um, proof point, um, at www.orosapparel.com. Okay, great. So you can go check them out there. And, um, I think the other the other touch point for for me here that I probably should have mentioned at the front of this episode, but this this shakeout was not sponsored by Oros. They did not pay us to come on to the podcast. They did not pay us to review their shoe. It's functioned very much like all of our other um, footwear reviews that we've done at Darks of Running, and so um, we're pretty transparent about that stuff. So I just wanted to to put that out there. And this is my first time meeting Michael, but I'm so glad that I got to. It was fun to hear more about an, an industry, a whole industry that I've never think about so um thanks for sharing your insight and your story and um i'm sure we'll talk again soon thank you everybody for joining